Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 230 of The Sausage Factory. In this episode, I talk to Jakub Kastelski of Unbound Creations about their social engineering adventure game, Headliner Novi News. But before we delve into that, let's see what else is under Kane and Rince's umbrella. On Monday, we have Kane and Rince itself, of course, and this time it's focusing on Disney's Aladdin for the Mega Drive Stroke Genesis. I believe there was a SNES game as well, but it's quite different to that. But uh, yes, anyway, enjoy that. And on Wednesday, we have Sound of Play, the podcast that celebrates the scores of video games, not the rating scores, but the musical scores. I do like that joke. Sometimes I bring it back every week. Then we have Playwright on Thursdays, where we have two people called Ryan inventing games based on the ideas offered to them by their listeners. And of course, on Fridays, The Sausage Factory. But you already knew that, didn't you? Because you're listening to me right now, if you want to know more about what's on the Kane Rinch's umbrella and what else it produces and the way of blogs and reviews and a lively forum to boot, you can go to com. Yeah, pop along to there and uh, just dive right in. See what else is under the Kane Rinch auspices. Is that the right word? Probably isn't. We also have a Twitch stream. On Thursday evenings, we sail the seven seas. Actually, no, it's the mystical Caribbean. The Sea of Thieves, myself, Darren Gargett and Carl Moon and maybe some other Canaanites hosts dive in and uh, try to find purpose and content. So far, we have failed. But we did blow the ship up last week. That was fun. (laughs) And on Sundays, there's a variety show where I stream various games. Sometimes I link the game to what's being considered under Kane Rince's um, umbrella. There's that word again. But uh, yes, do check those out. If you want to follow us on Twitch, just look up Kane and Rince, all one word, Kane and Rince, and you'll find the stream. Now, if you want to chuck us a few shekels, you can by subscribing to us via Patreon. That's right. If you give us one US dollar a month, that's right. If you give us one US dollar, you get extra content. You get episodes of Kane and Rince one week early. Also, extended versions, because the regular sort of free versions are limited to two hours only. So if you want to really know what people thought of Final Fantasy IX and you want to see the, hear the, all of it, then you, you, know, you have, to, have to 
put your hand in your pocket, I'm afraid. There's also uh, advanced release of the platform, exclusive platform uh, podcast. We've done Game Boy, uh, Mega Drive, and Xbox, the original Xbox. Now, the last one hasn't been released yet out to the public. You actually have to go out uh, to you're going to get it via Patreon. So yeah, do dive in if you if you so wish. You don't have to, but I'm just saying it's a bonus if you do. But enough of that. Let's listen to me from the past talk to Jacob. Take it away, Jacob. Hi. Who are you, and what do you do? Hi, uh, I'm uh, Jakub Kostalski, and I'm the founder and creative director of Unbound Creations, who made Headliner. And uh, I don't know. Do you want me to go into my bio or just no, 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 just, just <laughs> what, your, what your job title is? That's fine. We're going to delve into your bio in a moment. But apologies, I thought I'm also sure if it's Jacob or Jakub. I'm sorry, I'm British. We always love the hard J's. You know, <laughs> I'm sure you're pissed, you know annoyed by that. But when we see J, we actually say the word J like, oh come on, like no no no, it's, it's a J. So, it's sorry, fine. I'm, uh, I'm pretty used to it by yeah. now. So sorry, I used to go by Jake or Jacob in high school just to make it easier. Uh, okay, All right. Well, I will stick to Jakub because I can do that. Uh, so, um. Second question, then. This is where we delve a little bit into your history, more than a little bit. How did you start making video games? Honestly, it's something that I always loved doing as a kid. Like, I remember when, you know, StarCraft was out, the original, I spent more time playing the StarCraft map editor than actually playing StarCraft. So it's something that i always been on and off with and kind of learned on my own. And at the time, I was uh, I just finished my master's, and I was sort of doing three things. I was uh, doing web dev freelance. I was working in a cinematographer in Los Angeles, and I was kind of tinkering with a game idea on the side. And the game sort of started snowballing and uh, did better than I expected. It got, got attention of some uh, bigger YouTubers. Uh, I got a good review from PC Gamer and a few other press outlets. And I just decided to kind of stick to it and start working on my next one. And here we are. <laughs> okay. So so what was your earliest game then? Do you remember the making? You said you mentioned StarCraft there. I mean, you, you played a lot of that. You did, I mean, were you modding on it, did you say? Sorry. Yeah. So uh, I remember when I was a little kid, I made some really, really terrible board games. Okay. Probably when I was like nine or ten. So that probably was one of the earliest. <laughs> But um, but you, you you stuck at it so to speak. Did you did you say did you go to university or did you or did you just sort of? Yes. So I am a, have a bachelor of uh, of arts in liberal arts, and I actually did my masters in North Ireland and comparative ethnic conflict, which you know doesn't really have anything to do with video games, but it definitely inspired a lot of my creative work moving forward. And that shines through. With the uh, headliner Novi News, uh, which um, or Novi News is it Novi News? Sorry, um, uh, it uh, yeah, it's there's more social awareness or social uh, interactions and group thinking. the The idea of the hive mind is explored heavily in headliner Novi News. Obviously, that was was the driver behind it, but we won't go into that quite so much. But you have revealed a little bit about the answer to my next question. And this is a bit of a nebulous question, and I want you to answer it 
both on behalf of yourself and your studio or the studio you work with as part of as Unbound Creations. And the question is this. Would you believe, as creators of things, uh, are your biggest influences? My biggest influences? Uh, that's a, I feel like that's a, always a difficult question. And yes. it also depends on what project I'm working on. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously a lot of other video games. Uh, so with Headliner in particular, you know, the big inspiration has been uh, Papers, Please!, uh, but we wanted to go a little bit beyond the formula and kind of grow that. Uh, some other ins- big inspirations was Oxen Free, especially visually and kind of, you know, the, the 2.D uh, style, uh, Night in the Woods, uh, a lot of, you know, other visual novels. And um, uh, outside of games, uh, also uh, Gattaca was kind of inspired the setting and the theme, especially of the first headliner game which is all about, you know, people who are not genetically modified being discriminated against. So it's a very similar setting. Uh, also a bit of a David Lynch, you know, the intro in Novi News is a little bit, you know, unnerving. There's occasionally weird things happening. So we, we wanted a little bit of that uh, weirdness going on there. Yeah, it's um, it does feel there's, there's definitely some Twin Peaks going on in some of the stuff. Um, people are are a bit odd uh, and they say some things that even sentences that don't make a lot of sense but they do in the context of the game it's really interesting very but uh, yeah so your influences really are obviously um, you can say um, certain um, other mediums like film uh, and that kind of thing and certain directors and what have you uh, but also uh, other titles, other games, and uh, how they did, how they presented the world they're trying to create. Um, yeah, and if I can also add, you know, probably very obvious, the actual real world and news. I've literally been following the news daily much more than I used to before working on the game and, you know, just taking ideas and trying to make a satire, but then also realizing that the things that we thought was, you know, extreme and ridiculous would then happen like a month later in real life, uh, especially in the U.S. <laughs> so, you know, definitely, you know, the media as a whole have been, you know, a big sort of influence, but also research. Yeah, for us. I mean, it's not a sort of topic we normally cover on on this show because it's actually not very topical. It's like a what we call an evergreen podcast, and that you can listen to at any time, and it doesn't really impact mm-hmm. on. You know, because it's about the game, and the game is timeless, I like to think. But speaking of someone who was in Britain, and we're having to follow the Brexit shambles, uh, and uh, we, you and I know, I like to think anyway, so I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but it's a stupid, stupid idea. Uh, and uh, most of the world's mm. looking at us going, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yep. And the reporting on it, that's fascinating. I'm finding it utterly fascinating. And my biggest complaints or I don't know anxiety is the tendency thanks to social media and the fact that the medium or news is now fed to you it filtered you can filter your own news you can go I don't yep. want to hear about that therefore I'm just going to listen and exist in this echo chamber <laughs> and it's it's so easy to do it's phenomenally easy to do to find yourself sitting in a realm where everyone agrees with everything else you say. it's just like 
<laughs> what's going on? Uh, and uh, you, you do touch upon that yeah, uh, in, in Headliner. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been uh, listening to, a, I think, Sam Harris podcast a while back who was talking to a, like a historical economist and he was observing that the internet, you know, uh, similar to other big social networks, you know, instead of having that unifying effect, it actually has a polarizing effect of just creating clusters that people kind of cling to and get reinforced in. Yes, the little islands of uh, of communities that don't interact with each other. Uh, and mm-hmm. When they do, sometimes it can be very bad uh, because they have different viewpoints on things because like people are attracted to like people. Oh, yes, I've noticed this for many years, but uh, especially in the video games, actually. I, remember, I still remember in the fledgling days of Xbox Live when people weren't monsters, but now they're just everywhere. So it's just yep. you know it's uh, it's very interesting, very interesting. Um, but that's, I just wanted to touch upon that uh, on this show is that the fact that we were talking about this extraordinary game that there was a very very tricky subject that you could have gone, you could have handled it really badly. You could have you know tried to editorialize far too much, but you don't, and that's 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 an achievement. I want to push back to your team that, that you're not actually critiquing what people were doing. You're just explaining consequences of their actions, and that's that's the trick. With, that's what the strength of paper please was. It was all about the consequences. That's the whole point. It wasn't, you know, giving a, a critique on your actions or indeed the actions of others. It was just saying, here's a model, here's you play around with it, and this is what happens when you do certain things. Uh, is that a right interpretation, or have I got it wrong? Exactly. We, yeah. Uh, uh... We've researched kind of both sides of many of the arguments and issues and kind of just wanted to represent them as they are portrayed, you know, in the media or by, you know, various pundits and give a bigger idea about, you know, how, as you said, you know, the media shapes society and the consequences it has rather than making a judgment about, oh, this is the right way. This is the bad way. It's more of that, you know, the world is gray. Like you can get what you want, but it always comes at a price, no matter, you know. Someone will be pissed. Someone will be paying for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. What you think is reasonable is lunacy to someone else. My next question. Yep. So you're not, you're not, you're doing good. It does get hard, I'm afraid. <laughs> Sorry, Jakob, but uh, so this next one uh, is difficult because you might not want to hurt anyone's feelings. Ready? Here we go. What developer do you most admire in the industry, and why? What developer do I what? Admire. Well, who do you most admire in the industry, in the video game industry? Who Who's creating games as well? Which developer do you go, they're really good, they're awesome, they should carry on doing what they're doing? Any particular developer? It could be a company, a person, both, I don't mind. Huh. Um, <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I think I'm probably a little bit biased, but I definitely like what, you know, 11-Bit Studios and City Project Red are doing, oh, you know, back in Poland. I can't believe they come out of nowhere. Well, you may go, no, Chris, they've been around for ages, but I went, I, was, I go to PAX East. That's how you and I met at PAX, uh, PAX East. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, I go to them both, and they have fantastic booths, and their curating of games is phenomenal. So, yeah, it's good. 11-bit. And who's the other one you said? Uh, CD Projekt Red, you know, the Witcher guys. Oh, of course, yes. Wow. Um, I still remember, 
I still have very, very, very fond memories of playing The Witcher 1. Not many, not many people talk about that game. Uh, most people talk about 2 or 3, or maybe 3, really. But I liked 1. It's a, it's a unique game. Uh, and people should talk about it more. But, uh, yeah, I need to get back onto that, because I only did about two-thirds of it. I finished it, but I didn't do the other side missions. Anyway, I digress. Um, but any particular reason why you want to talk about why CD Projekt are... Uh, the guys that you, you what's the thing that makes you 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 admire about them uh, just their dedication to the craft and you know being honest with the gamers you know not kind of nickel diming with DLCs like a lot of big AAA companies are doing these days but just being you know here's the game here's the full thing uh, you know being very upfront about it and act- releasing actual you know um expansion packs that are worth the money yeah even though they could very easily you know chop chop it up you know their next game into you know bits and pieces and sell them you know with, well i don't know ho- hopeful i mean they can still have time to do that but hopefully that doesn't happen yeah yeah they could go down that path but have yet to do that you're right they do have good old games though so maybe that funds them slightly I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting platform. Good old games. I do have a selection of old PC games that I could run on my old PCs, but it's just easier to run on my gaming PC. You know, just having DOSBox and it's just easier rather than oh, here we go. Have I got enough conventional memory for it? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's just tedious. But no, very good answers, by the way. Thank you for that. So, last question of the first half. See, you made mm-hmm. it. Well done. Progress. However, this one is... I have to ask this because, you know, this is a video game podcast, so we have to ask this question. What are you playing right now? Uh, so I've been playing Borderlands 2, actually. Ooh. Although Borderlands 3 coming out is not related. A lot of people ask me if I'm playing that in preparation, but I don't know. I just felt, felt like some relaxing, shooty thing and... I really appreciate the the writing, the characterization, you know, the atmosphere and the style of the game. Even though, you know, it's primarily a loot and shirt, they've done an amazing job of, you know, uh, on the writing department. Yeah, I I must confess, even though I'm a massive uh, action-adventure game fan from Diablo and, you know, Path of Exile and stuff, I love those. I really struggle with shooter looters. I mean, Destiny and Destiny 2 I did enjoy. But not to the point where I was sort of spending hours and hours and hours raiding stuff. I just, it wasn't for me. But uh, I tried to get into Borderlands. I just never did. I don't know why. I just, you know, I was never. I mean, I was trying to sort of cope with several other people, and it's just never had, never panned out. And it's just, uh, I should have another go. And I've been meaning to. I saw. I mean, there's 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 three games actually. There's the prequel, isn't there? Then there's Borderlands. Then there's Borderlands Two. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. the, there's the three games. So. I would like, I'd like to delve into that again. Thanks, sir. And every particular reason, I mean, no, you already explained. Sorry, you did say it was uh, because you want to just basically switch off. Because it's not a lot of uh, mental effort. It's not, uh, you know, Stellaris, is it? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's definitely more of a, uh, you know, uh, just turn your brain off and shoot some things, and, which is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Although I have to say, the Destiny gunplay, the Destiny 2 gunplays, they really know how to do their guns. They really do. I don't know what it is about Bungie in there. I mean, I was actually, as a side note, I was actually playing Marathon the other day. Don't know why. I just found myself doing 
weird little game, uh, but it definitely showed the early signs of of what Bungie were going to do with guns. So yeah, good stuff. Anything else before we move on to the second half? Uh, I can maybe I can just comment on Halo. I don't know if it's going off tangent, but uh, oh, I remember right. that we've got time. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, when I was uh, since you mentioned Bungie, you know, um. I remember when, you know, Halo came out and, you know, I've always been PC Master Race, so everybody was raging out, you know, with a consolidus and all that stuff. And then it came out for PC and I played it and I was like, wow, this is actually a really good game. Like, it's plays smooth, like you said, the handling, the guns, everything is just so well done. Yeah. And it made me, you know, I, I don't know, like, I, I actually really enjoyed that. And similarly with Bioshock, it was the first first person shooter that I actually enjoyed playing with a controller. Really? Yes, I must confess, I wasn't a big fan of games on the N64, FPSs on the N64, wasn't really into it, just couldn't, it wasn't, you know, they tried, well, more than tried, they were successful with GoldenEye, you could argue, but, ah, it's just, I felt it, with the with the Duke on the Xbox, the original Xbox, and that, that was it, they just, it, was, it worked, somehow, just the asymmetric thumbsticks, it was just brilliant. What a great idea. So, yeah. yeah good, good stuff. Right, well, that's enough of that. We're not talking about shooty bang bang games. No. We're going to delve deep in the second half of the second half of the show into headliner Novi News. Before we delve deep into the into the into the game, we need to know what it is. So, Jakob, can you tell us what what is Headliner Movie News? Sure. So, Headliner Movie News uh, is a short adventure in the style of uh, Papers Please or Oxenfree, where you play as a news editor and you shape the public opinion around you. Yeah, that's a bit. That's. I mean, it is a headline. You know what you just mm-hmm. described, if I may say. There's way more to this game what you just described, and we're going to delve into that now. And I love the fact that you actually say, "Look, I've made a headline for my headline game." <laughs> yeah, it's definitely you know I've been practicing that like one two sentence summary, it's, it's you know, cool. between cool. pa- the two packs is you know kind of 
iterate over all the different versions yeah. of the pitches. I love the fact that after a while, you and I opened up to each other and realized, actually, no, I get it. There's more to this than what you just described because, you know, selecting the news stories is but, I don't know, a twelfth of what goes on in this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... My, my my big problem about talking about this game, and I'm, I'm going to go on to the first question, everyone, I will, but it's the spoiling of things. So I'm going to talk about this stuff in abstract because I don't want to reveal anything. I really, I mean, there's some stuff that happens. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't want that to happen. I didn't cause that. Actually, no, 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 you did. You did. By, by proxy. Or maybe you didn't. Who knows? Uh, but uh, anyway, first question. Uh, headline on Omni News is built around the impact the media has on people and their views on the world. How have you balanced nuance versus the realistic modelling of this? Because I ask this because um, the conceit of the game is, is very, there's a lot of shorthand going on. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're sitting there at a desk selecting stories and then you leave. I mean, it's clearly absurd. That's, but I just, how do you get nuance from that very basic choice? You know, it's a, it's not, it's, it's typically, it's not binary, it's multi layer, but you have a selection of options of stories presented to you as a news editor and you select those stories and based on that, things happen the world changes around you now that's very sort of shorthand how do you get that shorthand to still reflect the complexity and nuance that we have in the real world uh probably a lot of a lot of layered graphs uh, i mean layered systems and you know a lot of graphs kind of and the prototyping phases uh and doing a lot of research uh so a lot of the themes and stories are based on current events although in a fictional setting i've actually uh, during the research phase i would actually google uh, data mine facebook the ad planner and like google ad planner google trends to kind of see what sort of you know um, social and political issues are you know people most on top of most you know uh, uh, interested in so i would base those issues uh, in the game such as you know issue in other news it's, you know, the healthcare reform, it's uh, trade wars, you know, of the, you know, another foreign power. Um, in the previous headliner, that was uh, two years ago. So it was also a lot of uh, immigration, uh, which mirrored sort of the Syrian refugee crisis that was going on in Europe and, well, still is. Um, so first, yeah, we try to make it sort of topical, but also fictional so that people can distance themselves from the real world, but also kind of realize those parallels. Um and then, as I mentioned, we also have a lot of uh, systems in the sense that the stories are roughly divided into four categories. There is the one, you know, the national versus globalization that talks about the prime minister a lot. And uh, then there's also um, the um, recreational, so which is like the better buzz, the synthetic alcohol. So that's kind of a mirroring, at least in the U.S., the trend of, you know, legalizing marijuana and like the debate between the, whether it has health benefits or health risks. Uh, then the third one is the uh, policing, which doesn't have a story uh, so much associated with it, but it affects all the other branches. It affects, you know, how many 
police people you see on the streets versus or how much crime happens. Uh, and there's some slight little things we do also with uh, racial profiling. So in some of the art articles, it'll mention if, you know, a person is uh, a foreigner or looking like, you know, an, uh, a Novistan, you know, citizen. So if you publish only certain of them, people will start feeling like, oh, it's only foreigners who are committing crimes. So obviously it's very dumbed down, but it's kind of showing the idea that like, hey, if you only publish articles, talking about, you know, foreigners committing crimes, then people are only going to think that foreigners are committing crimes, uh, which, you know, it's kind of reflects also profiling that you see in, you know, in the U.S., uh, especially, you know, on the racial grounds. But also, you know, like with the whole caravan and, you know, blaming immigrants for all the troubles. Uh, and the uh, the last issue is uh, health care. So, uh the big debate is about like nationalized health plan as well as you know drug pricing uh, which is something that's also been an ongoing debate in the US and uh, some you know big scandals especially around right now it's insulin pricing it's kind of a becoming a bigger point of debate and um the EpiPen price hike where i think they jumped to a few hundred dollars just on, overnight because of reasons uh so we have those systems and they're all kind of independent where each character is the three characters are balanced to be affected by those three stories in such a way that you know every person either benefits or is hurt by a certain angle and we balance it in such a way that you know no matter which side you pick there's always someone who benefits and someone who is hurt by it which creates a more sort of a rounded image and it also you know helps us avoid trying to be you know tautological yeah, yeah. And like I said, there's, there's conceit and there's shortcuts, and because you have to, because the experience, and I mean, if you try to mirror the actual world, it will take years <laughs> for mm-hmm. these things to occur. I mean, it's quite interesting. Like, oh yes, this this policy went through, and then they they voted it in, and it's happened. This no, that doesn't happen in the real world. It takes years, months at least, for these things to trigger, and you you know that. But you 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 actually sort of like create this sort of little microcosm of a, of, a, of a reality and go, here we are. Uh, and I do like the fact that everything is sort of like these made-up nations. They're not real. Everything is sort of made up. I, I call it the ace combat effect. Where <laughs> you're flying across and blowing things up or doing things in a world that's not real because it's all made up. All the names and things are all made up. But some mm. of them isn't. Some of it isn't made up. Some of it is actually very, very close to home. It just has different names attributed to it but ultimately it's very as you said you've been been inspired by certain immigration issues and there's drugs and there's health care and and of course um the police state or not as the case may be which has an impact on things okay well it is this is second question it is assumed that the player will embark on repeat sessions of Headline and Ovi News. It actually states that after you do your first one, you actually says, this game you're meant to play over and over again, and believe me, you will. Um, how has this impacted on the design uh, of the player's interactions with the game's world? Knowing that they're going to be repeating it, they're going to see it again, they're going to, they're going to see different things. How has that impacted the design of the game, if at all? Uh, yeah, so first of all, the game is deliberately short. You know, we don't want to make a 10-hour game that then asks you to play it again. 
rather we went for that um, short but very broad. So your choices definitely have a, a lot of consequences, uh, which is the second way we wanted to make players feel like each playthrough is unique. So for example, each of the characters has about four different endings and you can kind of try to you know mix and match them if you play your cards well. Uh, some of them may be a little exclusive, but either way, every time you play, you'll probably end up with slightly different um, uh, endings if you play your cards differently for the characters. And you kind of learn, especially with your brother, you kind of see things happen to him and you realize, oh, this is, this is what's going to happen. So maybe in a second time you can prepare for it. Um, another way we tackle that is we actually had a variable in the game that tells you which playthrough this is so we could uh, script a lot of events around that or uh, for instance the newspaper articles on the second playthrough they are all uh, a lot of them are different uh, kind of the theme is the same but the article content and titles are different so it makes it feel um, like a fresh experience I remember the first game uh, one of the complaints was that someone tried to play it again they saw it they got the same articles, so they you know didn't even get past the first day of the second playthrough. So we wanted to communicate from the beginning. Um, even when you restart it, the whole introduction is different, and it kind of plays tongue-in-cheek acknowledging that you've played this game again. The dialogues are slightly altered as well. So we wanted to make the players realize, oh, the game knows you're playing for a second time, so expect, expect changes. That's excellent. Yeah, I did like that little, little bit of fourth wall breaking. Doesn't do anyone any harm. Um, and it's nice to say, oh, here again? What? No, nothing. Anyway, <laughs> let's see how this goes this time. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I want to ask about personal relationships with the characters. The player character has. There's a lot of them. Um, and they seem just as important to the world that uh, the player is reporting on. So, like, the world itself is pretty important, of course, and the, the grand sort of events that are happening, but also the player character's interaction, personal uh, interactions with uh, with people. Um, was that always the intention? Was it always to have that, that sort of, like, uh, micro and macro kind of experience, or was, or was it one introduced later? Uh, that was uh, the goal from the start, and uh, in all honesty, I think we could have done a bit better job of making the player care about the characters. Uh, I'm I'm the lead writer, and I'm still learning to be a better writer. But uh, uh, I don't think we did a terrible job. But also, you know, I uh, and in retrospect, you know, it's definitely a, a something that you know we want to improve in the future. But that is something that's been the goal to kind of take all those new stories and the impact and sort of humanize them. Um, I remember, you know, when I was just first brainstorming the idea for the game, and as I mentioned, Papers, Please was the big inspiration. But one thing that bothers me about it is, you know, at the end of the, like a day, you get a black screen with white text saying, your wife died. And I was like, okay, I never met my wife. I don't care. Uh, so that's why in the first headliner, you know, it was very critical that you actually sit down with your wife and your and your daughter and you or, or husband and, you know, you have a dinner, you talk to them, you get to know them. And that carried over to this game where, you know, you get to know the characters, you kind of start rooting for them. So then when thing, bad things happen, 
it it hits you much more than just some arbitrary you know number going up and down of oh the crime rate increased increased by ten percent, you know you can actually see one of your characters being harmed by you know uh, someone else. Yeah, yeah, and uh, things happened in my my playthrough that was was, was harrowing. There was one particular incident that was well, yeah, I had to stop playing for a bit. It was quite it's quite shocking. Uh, I understand how it came to be and how it came about, but it was still it was still harrowing. Um, and I know, uh, and it, it it made me connect with my character quite well because. Um, I chose make, made certain choices and said certain things, and because I wanted to follow this narrative that I created based on what I think was right or wrong, or what I thought this character would do in the situation, and uh, the consequences of his actions were I did not foresee. I was just um, I thought, well, let's 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 crank this aspect of the story up to eleven. <laughs> this one aspect, I focused on it, just this one thing, and see what happened. Oh dear! <laughs> yeah, and it was lovely because I was just messing. It's like 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 a it's a big sort of mold of jello. Like you're sort of prodding at it, or plus, or more like clay, and you sort of prod at it and go, "Oh, that's broken." <laughs> right, let's yeah. just let's just mold it back again and try it again. Okay, well, that's that's yeah. that's better, but not as not not great, you know. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, pushing, pushing things to eleven was definitely one of our goals, and you know, because on one hand we want to kind of be educational and make a social commentary, but we still want to be entertaining and keep the player engaged. So, kind of ex- deliberately exaggerating things was one of our goals, which was also difficult when you know, with the way things are going with Trump, or you know, in uh, South America, it's hard when you make a scenario that you think is completely ridiculous and then you actually see that happening in real life, you know, it's uh, how there was a big case in the U.S. with uh, Trump, you know, taking, you know, uh, you know, the Trump administration was, you know, separating children from parents and putting them in, you know, concentration camps, you know, the immigrants' children. And I was like, that was our idea, damn it. Like, that was one of our endings that we had to change around a bit because, you know, yeah. <laughs> we are stranger than fiction. Uh, it is, and it's a it's a trite phrase that people go, "Hey, oh, yeah, really, really? Yeah, no, it really is. Reality genuinely is weirder than fiction." Um, but anyway, well, my last question. I know all good things must come to an end, but um, yes, during my experience with headline and novi news, uh, I found that the players reminded that all of the decisions have a consequence. And it, the game does tell you that very eloquently. How have you designed it so that this represents the multi-layered aspect of decision-making? I know you sort of touched upon this at the beginning, but just to delve into this a little bit more about how you've designed the stories and the fact that some of the stories you have, like, the staple together, so you sort of do, I'll do that one, but not that one. Um, tell us how you designed that sort of basically um, tableau of stories uh, to make sure that consequences are obvious but not overly obvious. So uh, there's sort of uh, two systems in play. One is just a very basic uh, numerical system behind the scenes where, you know, like, oh, if you speak, you know, 
pro-government, then you know, it just adds one to you know kind of like nationalism. But if you're speaking against it, then it subtracts one. So it kind of gives you that you're kind of overall um, ang- like uh, leaning towards the side that can influence you know like probability of certain events or amount of you know like once you hit a certain uh, threshold, then maybe you'll start see people you know preaching on the street, you know, pro against government, or you see protesters once you start doing too far. And the game also has a certain memory, so it only kind of counts those numbers for the past, you know, several days. It's kind of give the idea that, you know, oh, like, you, you can always kind of sort of bounce back, or, you know, people also, you know, don't remember everything, and, you know, it's more just what's trending in the past few days. So that's one system. Um, Clear indication of that is, you know, with the police, you know, if you pro-police, you'll start seeing more and more policemen and drones and stuff like that on the street. So that's one very simple example. Um, and another one is uh, more binary, you know, when you publish this article, then this causes this effect. Uh, so one example is early on when, you know, uh, I think day four, a big event happens. I don't want to spoil it. And then you get response articles so you cannot affect that event happening but you can affect how it's framed so you get a few possible articles that explain what happened and kind of scapegoat different things so depending on which one you pick that has immediate consequences like you know maybe something will be on fire maybe you know it'll cause unrest or whatever and then that also comes back later in, in the game where you know that also has like a long-term effects that are also come up later that are mentioned by the characters so uh that's another example of you know how we uh you know so th- those are the two systems that we basically kind of mostly relied on just kind of that gradual build up as, as well as those like very binary choices uh, and it's something that we've learned from the first game which was much more i guess based on just you know the slow build up but it was actually confusing people who were oh i just published this article why am i not seeing effects of this article it's like well yeah because you've been doing the opposite angle for like the whole game so just because you publish one article does is not going to change everything all of a sudden but people were not connecting with that so we also wanted to have that kind of immediate uh, cause and effect mixed with that kind of long-term build-up. Yeah, it's, um, even though it's a short game, as you say, there is a build-up. You do feel that, um, you know, things are going to go out of hand one way or, or the other. So, yeah, very good. Um, well, that's it. Jakob, um, headliner, Novi News, uh, by Ambam Creations is out now, I understand. Uh, yes. Windows, PC, Mac and Linux, and it's currently working on a version for the Switch, I understand, yes? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we don't have an official release date yet, but we're hoping end of summer. Yeah, I think it's a perfect platform for it. It's, uh, yeah, I'm really, really uh, looking forward to its arrival on, on that platform because it's, uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shine on it, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, Jack, it's been great having you on, as I've said, and uh, you're more than welcome to come back and chat about whatever future project you've got coming up. Which I'm sure you can't talk about for another two years. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Um, thank you for having me, and uh, those are some good questions as well. I like that. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. We do uh, try our best to actually create questions that are not run of the mill and demonstrate that we have some knowledge of how these things work. But because uh, in many cases, I 
kind of knew the answer to the question, but I want you to say it out of your own voice because uh, um, because I just like uh, I just wanted to sort of tease out some details from you about how you got to work or how you designed um, he- headline and novel news, and you've definitely done that. So, for thanks for sharing. Yep, you're welcome. Thanks for having me.